Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be continuing on in Numbers chapter 13. And I've titled our, our lesson together today, Parameters of Spying. Parameters of Spying. For those who would like to support the program, you can do so by becoming a patron on Patreon or by donating a book on the reading list. All right, today, as we dive into Numbers chapter 13, we're going to specifically be looking at verses 17 through 20. So there's still more of this chapter left that we're not going to get into today. But here on Friday, we're going to look at just the parameters of the spying. As these 12 spies were sent out, what are they supposed to be looking for? So let's read these few verses. Then Moses sent them out to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. I want to make one note about verse 17, uh, which talks about going to the south, going up into the mountains. Uh, that's in the New King James. In the ESV, it renders it this way. It says, go up into the Negev and go up into the hill country. And I, I think that term hill country may be a little more um, informative for us. I don't know about you, but when I think of mountains here in the United States, I think of some pretty tall rock faces, you know, with snow on the top or whatever. In Canaan, mountains was probably more like what we may consider hills. It was a little different. So just want to make that note uh, that the, the ESV translate a little bit differently there. Um, as we look at this passage using our SOAP acronym, like a bar of SOAP, S-O-A-P, S, we look at the scripture, which we've just read, and then we move into observation, Observing what the passage says, application, where we apply as the Holy Spirit is convicting us, and then prayer, praying uh, what we see in the passage uh, for the Lord to do that work in us. Today I'm going to do a little differently. I'm going to actually note an observation, and then I'm going to note a, an application at the same time. Okay, so basically two sides of one coin. I'm going to jump back and forth between the two. And I'm going to make these applications, because uh, your applications could be much different than mine. Um, application is the area in which we can have a lot more diversity. Observation, in terms of what the, the text is saying, is, is much more narrow. We, we can't really see something that's not there. But you may note a, an observation, or you may divide it slightly differently in how you observe. So, the applications, though, I, this is the point I was meaning to make before I got on a little rambling preacher mode there, um, is I'm going to be making the applications from a biblical, theological, and pastoral perspective. So biblical, I think you'll see what I mean, theological, also the development of, of theology, of, of revelation within scripture, I think you're going to see that as I, I make some of these points, and also a pastoral perspective, exhorting us to apply these to our lives in a biblically faithful manner. So the first thing that we see in these few verses today is we see that the people, uh, these 12 men, are sent out, the spies, with a commission. 
Okay, they're, they're being given specific orders. And I think a clear takeaway for us is that um, they are not doing this of their own choice. We, we saw last time together, up in the beginning of this passage, it's the Lord who has made this command. The Lord has given the commission. Moses being the, the senior leader is, is passing that on and directing the people, but it ultimately is the Lord's direction. It's not just Moses' idea out of his brain or that he pulled out of somewhere. It's the Lord's direction. And, and I think that's important for us to remember um, is that we are called to serve the Lord. We are called to make disciples, to share the gospel, evangelism, um, to serve the Lord. And, and we're not called to do all that according to our choices, according to how we want to. We're called to serve and do what has been appointed to us by God. Okay? Um, you may not be the greatest teacher. You may not have the spiritual gift of teaching doesn't mean that you're exempted from teaching your children or your grandchildren the Word of God and, and, and pointing them to Christ. It does not mean that you somehow get a free pass just because you're not gifted in teaching. It doesn't mean you get a free pass on making disciples for Jesus. You, you, you may be more introverted like me and struggle with some of the, the small talk and that type of thing, but that doesn't mean that we get free passes on evangelism. It's part of the Great Commission. And so... I think it's significant, although it's somewhat of a minor point, that these 12 men were chosen. They, they were leaders among their respective tribes, but they were chosen and appointed to this task by God ultimately, not, not of their own choice. It's not like we don't see anything here where they're each raising their hand and, and saying, hey, I want to do that. No, these men were selected. They were appointed to this task. The second thing I think we see in this passage, the second observation, is the specifics. The where of where to go was in the parameters of their spying. They're told to go up to the south or the, the Negev, depending on, you know, they, they certainly understand what Negev means. Um, we, we don't culturally probably understand as well. Maybe some listening today understand these, these terms and, and areas better. Like if I talk about the Midwest here in the United States, people know what that means. Um, if you're here in the Midwest, I know exactly what that means. But if, I, if, you, if you are on the other side of the world and have not seen the geography and stuff, you may not really know what that means without looking at a map or something. So they understood what area this was, and there, there are specific parameters of where in the hill country, how they're supposed to enter, and then what they're supposed to look for, we'll, we'll get into. But the specifics of the where for their commission reminded me directly of the commission that is given in the New Testament. And, and this occurs in Acts chapter 1, when I'm specifically mentioning, but when Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven, he tells the disciples, he, he tells um, those gathered there for his ascension, into heaven to go to Judea and wait for the Holy Spirit to be given, and then that they will be his witnesses in Jerusalem. It's where it began on the day of Pentecost. And then they'll also be his, his uh, witnesses in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And so there, there are even specifics there in kind of these, these greater rings of area, these different geographic areas. Um, one person's even noted it, and I, I don't have the quote in front of me, but they've talked about how uh, you're going to share your faith where you're at in your Jerusalem. You're going to go to where uh, they don't like you uh, in Judea. The, the Jewish people did not necessarily like the followers of Jesus. And then you're going to go where you don't like them, Samaria, the, the ethnically impure in the Jewish people's eyes. And even these Messianic Jews, so to speak, who believed in Jesus as the Messiah and were, were becoming Christians, they didn't necessarily want to go to Samaria. 
but they're going to go to Samaria and they're, they're going to go to the ultimately as well to the ends of the earth. And so there's these specifics even kind of mentioned there in um, the, the Great Commission in terms of location, which I think is helpful for us to remember. We, we can directly relate to that and and how I kind of shared how one preacher has broken down the those those three areas. Um Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, I think helps us understand too, oh, you know, that applies to my life. I, I'm called to go places I may not want to, and I'm called to, called to go places that they may not want me to go, may not like me, and I'm called to also begin right where I'm at, right in my family, right in my, my relational networks uh, and who I know. The The next thing that I think we see, and, and I know I'm putting this in my own words, but we essentially see um, Moses tell the, the uh, spies to take notes. Take note, here's what you're to look for. Note the land. Note the strength of the people. Are they strong or are they weak? Note the number of people. Are there lots? Are there thousands of people or are there hundreds? Note, note the cities. Are they fortified or are they just kind of, you know, just kind of a, a little village? No defenses or anything. Is this going to be easy to conquer or not? These are military specifics they need to know. Note the fertility of the land. And, and, and also, bring samples. Bring samples. And the last note that I'll make is... It, it makes the notation at the end of verse 20. Uh, let's see here. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. Now today is Friday, and, I, and I'm going to stop there in chapter 13 for a reason. But, but just bear this in mind. There's a reason why I believe the text notes that. This is the season for the first ripe grapes. They're supposed to bring back samples. Some of you may already know the story, and in your heads, you're already answering, or maybe you're driving in the car, listening to the podcast, and you're, you're kind of you know saying out loud, I know what, yeah, yeah, I know you may know what, what that reason is why that note is there, uh, but I'm just going to leave you on a cliffhanger, you know, enjoy Friday, um, and, and then we'll come back together, Lord willing, on Monday, and we'll, we'll dive into that. But today, I think that we've seen these things. I think we see that they're sent out with a commission. I think we see some ways that that's a reminder for us. Uh, that we're not set out by our own choice, but we're appointed by the Lord to serve and do what He has called us to. We see the specifics of where they were to go and how they were to go. And we, we even see that in the book of Acts, especially Acts chapter 1. We get a lot of detail, uh, which, which applies to us down to this current day as, as Christians. We, we also see the taking note, and I, I think that that is something that we do in our lives. Um, I can think of a clear example uh, for me, for example, how I would apply this to my life right now, and this probably won't apply to you, but um, in terms of taking note, when I am going into a, a church, for example, and I'm asked to speak there or I'm, I'm going there to consider serving as in an interim capacity or as a consultant to help the church in a particular way, maybe discipleship or revitalization, which the way I define revitalization is, is helping a church uh, work on some things and get back to biblical health and, and reconciliation. And if I'm coming, um, now I'm not going to militarily conquer that church, but I am I am looking at some of these types of things. I'm, I'm looking at the condition of the church, okay, kind of like the land. I, I'm considering the strength of the people. Are there is there division going on here? Are there factions? Are there leaders of those factions? You you can. Sometimes see some messed up. What's the number of the people? You know, is this a small church that's gone down to 12, 10 people because of contention over the years? Is this a large church? That, you know, what, what's the nature? Is there contention? Is there no contention? Is it just a small group of people that love the Lord, but, you know, maybe needs some help in some certain areas or some practical tools or, or something? 
uh, have they just kind of wandered away from from the mission and gotten comfortable and and content in just having church service rather than being on the commission of of reaching and making disciples? There's a number of factors. Uh, I'm looking at, you know, is the city fortified? Are there wise practices? Are they, you know, doing these different things? Um, Looking at the fertility of the land, you know, I can also tell some things. Is this congregation ready to be making disciples? Are they structured in such a way that they're ready to have people come in and be discipled? Probably not if they're asking me to come and and to help them in this way. um, Then they're, they're probably not ready for that yet. So what can we do to get the soil, so to speak, the land fertile? How can we help there to be simple a simple plan in place to be able to reach people and disciple them in the faith, encourage them in their growth and walk with the Lord. And, and are, are those there continuing to grow in Christ? Because we're, we're all called to be lifelong disciples, lifelong growing. So see the fertility of the land. And, and then what? Bring samples. <laughs> you know, um, if the Lord is doing something in this church and, and he's at work, you know, where can maybe I ask somebody to share a testimony? Where, where can I... Where can I see a story of what God is at work and share that maybe in, in part of the message or if I'm going to be working with that church for a longer period of time? Uh, how can I be sharing those encouraging stories? So I know I'm very much spiritualizing that application, but that's kind of how I would would see this for myself. And maybe you see some of that in your own life or your own parenting. And by no means is that an interpretation of the passage, but it is an application to your life and, and allow the the Lord to guide you um, to to apply to your life what you're studying and learning in Scripture. Let's close today, however, out on this Friday with prayer and continue to serve the Lord. And I pray that you have a, a local church family that you can gather with um, and worship with before we meet again. Father, I thank you once again for the opportunity to study your word. Father, I thank you for the privilege of, of doing these little podcasts and these uh, studies. Father, it helps me as well. I, I enjoy doing them. It helps me get in the Word. And Father, it's it's a privilege to to come alongside and, and, and encourage others as well to, to get in your Word. Father, we thank you today for seeing some key observations and, and some applications, I think, as well from this passage. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would guide us in how to apply this passage to our life. Father, help us to continue to grow in our understanding of how to study Scripture how to interpret Scripture, and how to apply Scripture. And help us to understand the differences of those things, Father, I pray. And to grow in our maturity in Christ. Help us to become more and more like Jesus every day. Father, help us not to be backsliding or walking away from you, but to be pressing on in our discipleship. And Father, I I just pray a special prayer as I have um, kind of shared just how I personally apply what I'm seeing here to, to, to my own walk and my ministry right now. Father, I pray, along with those listening for the churches, that I have an opportunity to serve. Father, may you guide to be able to see clearly and to be able to to uh, serve these churches in a way that would help them to be on mission for you. Father, it's all about your bride whom you love so much and the mission you have given us of multiplying disciples, making new disciples for Jesus and continuing to to be disciples ourselves. Father, it's really simple. It's just not easy. So, Father, help us to not be complacent. Help us to not be content in staying put, but help us to continue to be conforming to your 
um, your will for our life, which is to become more like Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.